I'm gonna tell you guys uh tell you guys about how it was or how it is living in two worlds. One of those worlds is religious. The other is full of traditional values. I grew up with a grandfather who was a pastor and a chief. So I, those two worlds have never really been conflicted. I run a nonprofit, I mean, I run an organization called Forget Me Not where I help reconnect people to their families. Um, most of that was fueled by growing up in a Christian home, helping others and stuff. I, uh, I remember one of the things from like 2015 to 2016, I remember, I remember one of the things that I always hashtag was all glory to God over and over again. I remember uh, kind of exploiting my people, exploiting my people and asking people to pray for them. In November of 2016, I went to a place called Standing Rock. November 15th was my grandfather's birthday and that was the day I chose to go. I went down there and I did not think that it would ever change my perspective on so many things. When I arrived, I told myself I'm gonna leave all my hats at home. Soon as I got there, some lady said, didn't even care who I was. I said, hey, my name's Samuel Johns. I just came from Alaska. Oh, okay, can you chop wood? It's like, oh, all right. Yeah, I could go chop wood. And I told my cousin Chris, let's go. Couple days after being there, we did a prayer walk for Red Fawn. There was over a thousand of us that walked together in prayer to a bridge. We sat there for a long time in prayer. And I could not believe what I was seeing. See, I grew up in a community where I and my friends played video games all the time. We didn't really care or did too much. We didn't really do anything for our community. So being there and walking with these people, I saw young teenagers on horses guiding us, telling us to keep in check. I saw women leading us. I saw elders in front, fearless. I couldn't believe, I kept asking myself, where am I? And I remember when, 
I remember when we were standing there on that bridge praying and all those cops started coming around the corner and started piling up and intimidating us. And everyone said, just hold your ground. And we did. And then I remember the whispers coming backward. And I said, they said, look up, look over camp, look over camp, look over camp. And I looked over camp and there was an eagle just flying over our camp, just flying over Ocheti Chakowin. And I couldn't believe it because this young man looked at me and he's like, that eagle's not doing that for those cops. And I felt like something just came into me at that moment. Like I felt like this sacredness, like something that I've never felt before. Something that, something that I wanted more of. Me and my cousin Chris went there to help with the weatherizing and the carpentry work. We did that, we did our job, we had a good time. The day we were leaving was um, November 20th. When we, got, when, we, when, we got up, when we got ready to go, the, ice, the, uh, the camp that we were staying at greeted us and gave us a beautiful send-off. We were going back to Alaska. We were leaving Standing Rock. I remember hearing them talking about plans to remove a truck from a bridge. I remember saying, I wish I could stay to help you guys. We drove to Bismarck. I got on my plane. I got on the plane to Minneapolis, turned my phone off of airplane mode, and my phone started going crazy. My aunties were messaging me, you have kids, you need to get out of there. What are you doing? Why are you wasting your time there? You're, you're, in, you're putting yourself in danger. Get out of there. And I'm looking at like, what the hell are you guys talking about? I looked at my phone and people started saying, look at this video, look at this live stream. And I saw that that bridge that I was just on the other day looked like a fucking war zone. There were over 200 people on that bridge trying to remove that vehicle. And here a cop said, get off this bridge or else. And below freezing temperature, they shot water cannons at them, told them to leave. They said, no, we need this bridge. This is the quickest, smart, the quickest route to Bismarck for medical emergencies. This is a public access highway. We want this bridge back. And how did they get repaid? Rubber bullets, concussion grenades, water cannons, and below freezing temperature. I couldn't believe it. I, I was awake for 36 hours messaging my friends that I just met, asking if they were okay. I came back home, and the first thing my dad said, just like every other trip, was, how was your trip, son? And I just started crying like a baby. I looked at him, and I said, are you serious? And he said, what happened? And I just told him everything. And I said, why isn't this on the national news? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that such disrespect would happen to indigenous people in 27, in 2016, and it just, it's nothing. 
You know, over time, after coming back, after being here, I started learning more about my people. I stopped telling, I stopped telling them that I'm going to pray for them. I stopped, I stopped having these little conversations with the homeless men and stopped telling them I'm going to pray for them. And what I'm doing now, what I, what, what it, the one thing I learned in Standing Rock was that the one thing that my people need is to revitalize their cultural identity. The one thing that my people need is to revitalize who they once were. I go around and I help, I help, I do what I can for the homeless community. One thing I'm known for is sending homeless people back to their villages. But I do not want to be that guy anymore. I don't want to be that guy flying people home left and right. What I want to do is work in a collective way with so many other people. We want to, I want to work collectively with so many other people to revitalize the homeless community's identity, their cultural identity. Bring, them, bring their drums back. Tell them there ain't no white man trying to take their language away. Bring back their language. Bring back the original names. Let them know that it's okay and it's time to heal. It's time to reflect on who we really are. Who we really are. The last 10,000 years, my people were fine. The last 200 years, people are asking, what's wrong with you? We need our cultural identity back. We need to revitalize our cultural identity. And that's one thing that I learned from Ocheti Chakawin. Whenever you hear there's a fire within, when people come from there, that's what, that's what it is. And that fire is still burning inside me. They took my language and they said it was to be accepted. They took my original names and to say it was to be accepted. They cut my hair and told me it was to be accepted. But all the while in the end, my real identity was neglected. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>